This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, okay, all right, all right. I know you guys have all heard enough about SEMA. What was that, three weeks or so of back-to-back SEMA interviews? Well, listen, we didn't have it for two years. Well, we did. We, we skipped a year, but it was two years from the time we had one to the next time. So I thought, what the heck, I'm just going to do a whole bunch of SEMA. Get it out of the way. Anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. But before we go too far, we're going to talk about SEMA. <laughs> Brian Brennan joining us from In the Garage Media, content director. Brian and I worked together many years ago at, uh, oh, which magazine? Which Do you remember? You, well, you hosted a radio sure. show. Sure. Yeah. Sure. We did it all under the title of uh, Street Rotter Magazine. That's, That's what, what, it what was. we did it on. That's right. And today. You have InTheGarageMedia.com on the web, which is an organization that is not going to let the magazine go to the wayside the way many of these folks have, but actually focus in on what is actually called transmedia, all forms of media working together. So if you want a magazine, they got magazines for you. Modern hot rodding, all Chevy, classic truck. You guys can check it out at uh, InTheGarageMedia.com. But if you want digital, they've got great digital. They've got events. They've got all kinds of great stuff. And now we're going to be doing more with Brian and his team. So we'll keep you informed on what's going on in those worlds of uh, the car culture and, and the rest. And But can we just reflect back now that SEMA has been about a month ago? What was your takeaway from the whole thing? You were on when we were there live, but... What was your takeaway from the whole thing, Brian? Well, first off, I was glad to get back to SEMA and not only see a lot of friends, but to also find out what's happening in the industry, what's going on, what's hot. And I have to tell you that although the number of exhibitors was down a tad and, and the general traffic was down a bit, I actually got to speak with more people and spend more time. Yeah. So yeah. for me, the SEMA show was fantastic. And everyone that I spoke to was telling me that while the past year has been very good, the outlook going forward into next year is even more exciting. So now I understand everyone was crying the blues a little bit about supply chain problems, but everyone seemed to be optimistic that they were going to work their way around it. So I took away that the SEMA, our automotive aftermarket, our hot rod industry is doing well. There's some new trends that are out there, as you would expect, uh, of which the electric vehicle got a lot of that play. So it it was good. Well, as a matter of fact, in the second hour of the show, we're going to have John Hennessy on. You probably have heard about his announcement, I take it, with his new electric uh, kind of crazy six-wheel drive electric vehicle that has like a a diamond shape interior to where there's a single seat 
and then two passengers behind that and then another single seat and the back seat is like it, it lays flat so you can sleep i mean john hennessy he's just like oh well let's let him tell it but yes the electric car was definitely center stage and even at chevrolet i didn't realize that that 57 chevy that yellow one in their booth was an electric 57 chevy did you know that did you see that one well yeah, but, but there's a lot more history there. Let's just touch on that a little bit. That's Project X, which is the longest-running magazine project vehicle in the industry. Oh, wow. That goes, that goes back to my days in the 70s when I was on popular hot rodding and drove that car around. Yeah. Now, it had electric conversion, but what people should be careful about, because it was in the Chevrolet booth, that was not Chevrolet's E-Crate motor. Oh, gotcha, That was not gotcha. their conversion. So I just want to be careful about that. All right. Well, fair enough. That's a good thing to, to because we know if Chevy does it, they're going to do it right. Um, the aftermarket, yes. it's still, you know, the jury is still out. You, you get it out there, you try it, they improve on it. But that's what shows like this are about, to talk about who's doing it right and who's still got some work to do. We're going to come back with Brian Brennan Moore, content director in the Garage Media. This is The Drive. Stay with us, Brian. With the sky comes falling down for you, there's nothing in this world I wouldn't do. Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the Internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And uh, don't forget our show brought to you in part by Autotempest.com makes online car shopping easy. With the powerful Autotempest.com search engine, you can simultaneously search all the top car sites like Carvana, Auto Trader, eBay Motors, True Car, Cars and Bids, and many others, including Craigslist. Check out Autotempest.com makes online car shopping easy. All the cars, one search. Uh, we're talking with Brian Brennan from In the Garage Media. Brian, welcome back. Can you do me a favor Thank and you. tell the world again, because you were on, I don't know which one of the shows, because we, we did like 100 segments at SEMA. I think there were 65 interviews all together. But, uh, so wherever you were in the mix, we talked a little bit about it, but I want to kind of reignite the conversation of a brand that now offers magazines that are fresh, the internet that is mature okay because at the end of the day there was a time when magazines ruled the world when it came to the 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 hobby that we're in especially and then comes along this internet and it was early early stages i remember 96 97 you know the the uh, the websites for the car magazines they were you know there wasn't that much video and it was you know you it was like a magazine on the web today's when i say mature websites like yours 
it offers everything. It offers, you know, tons of photography, tons of videos. And now, of course, even doing radio and stuff like this, you literally are multimedia. But so talk about the brands you represent right now. Well, thanks, Alan. First off, I mean, we have three brands. There's Modern Rotting, which caters to all forms of hot rotting. And then we have Classic Truck Performance, which, as the name would imply, we're into the, the classic trucks, not necessarily old-timey vintage, but, you know, trucks from the late 40s, 50s, all the way up and through the early 90s. Okay. And then we have all Chevy Performance. And again, it, its name should give it away. We are all things Chevrolet. So whether you're talking about muscle cars from the 60s or modern-day muscle cars, we're into everything that's Chevrolet, whether it be the car or the powertrain or any aspect, the, the chassis, whatever. The books are basically books for guys who are hot rodders who still love to have something that's tangible that they can hold in their hands. But we also, the books are also produced in their same format online. We have websites, social media, but we have another outlet that's called Vertical, which you can actually have the book delivered to your smartphone, your computer, your laptop. You can watch it on a smart TV. It's the exact magazine, the format of the magazine, layouts, pictures, ads, everything. (laughs) And you can get it emailed to you monthly. Instead of paper, you get a digital magazine. So we have all of those traditional aspects. And then, of course, for some of the the guys who just love to go to bookstores, you'll find us in Barnes and Noble, starting with our January issues of this year, as well as Books a Million. So you were right. Today, you can't be single faceted. You must be multifaceted. So think of the magazine business or the publishing business as like my favorite, which is a five spoke wheel. You can't have anything less than those five spokes. You've got to have that five-spoke wheel, and so this gives us all the different aspects, and it makes the wheel go around, and it keeps the enthusiast happy. It keeps the advertiser happy, and most of all, it it keeps me doing something that I've done for a very long time. How long have you been doing this now? Because you are literally one of the... um, I'm going to say one of the icons of our industry. You have been there through the most historic times of the magazines, I think. I mean, you, you're, well, like, you're like, you're yeah, the man. I, basically, what you're saying, Alan, is I'm old. <laughs> we, well, and, we all are. <laughs> and and um, while that may be true, the advantage is, yes, I've been around since the early 70s. Wow. Uh, and, I, I, and I learned at, at uh, you know, at, at the feet of, of such really great guys as, such as uh, the Tech Smiths and the Ray Brocks and the Dean Bachelors and the Alex Exidius and, right. and Ed, Ed Iskandarian, Iski himself. So he's 100 years I old. Had, yeah. Yep. He's 100 years. Yep. yep. I've had the advantage to see the sport grow from its infancy to where it is right now. So that, that really is kind of cool. Uh, you know what? I love that about you and the fact that you have really truly evolved with the world that we're in the media world that we're in you haven't been afraid of any of it you haven't poo-pooed any of it you've embraced so much of this that's why 10 years ago i asked you to host a show and you did a great job fantastic i i I missed that's why we're back together again 
Well, I have to tell you, I thoroughly enjoyed it myself, and I wish it was something we could have kept going. But I think what people have to understand is the very nature of the automotive aftermarket, let's call it the world of hot rodding, is about change. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, hold on. The one thing that hasn't changed is the fact that we got to get run over by a commercial break. Don't go anywhere, Brian. Brian Brennan, we'll be right back. Talk more. Stay with us. Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, our show brought to you in part by Dodge. And I don't know whether you've noticed or not, but... um, a lot of the big influencers, the guys like Richard Rawlings from Fast and Loud on Discovery, uh, are giving away some Dodge cars. Yeah, giving them away. Uh, I noticed that, um, who else was there? Let's see. Chris Jacobs is giving one away. I think Jay Leno's doing one. Dodge has got something special going on. Check it out at Dodge Garage. But they're giving away Dodge Hellcats. It's pretty crazy stuff. Anyway, thanks to Dodge for sponsoring the show. Uh, Brian Brennan joining us. He is the content director for In the Garage Media, magazines such as Modern Rotting, Classic Truck Performance, All Chevy Performance. You can find all these, their magazines, their websites, their social media, inthegaragemedia.com. Brian, when does the car show season actually kick off? Well, I, I suppose in some places it never ends. I mean, right. here in SoCal, it goes all year round. Right, exactly. But I think everyone likes to look at the Grand National Roadster Show, which it suffered its ups and downs during COVID, and it had to be canceled twice. But it's coming back uh, January 28th through the 30th of 2022. So we're almost upon that. Yeah. So let's call that the official start of the indoor car show season. Uh, and then, you know, from there it goes to the Sacramento Autorama and then it'll take off to the Detroit Autorama. And then we're really in full swing and that will continue on till we get to about April. And that's when the outdoor shows across the country really take off. There you go. Springtime. So and, yeah. you know, it's funny. You said it, the indoor car shows, which is interesting because I've been working with Dodge for a long time and they delivered to me a, Hellcat, I'm trying to think it was like 20, maybe 2015, and it was at Hot August Nights in Reno, and everybody wanted me to do a big smoky burnout. I was the Grand Marshal. I was the Grand Marshal for like 10 years. But everybody's like, do a smoky burnout. So I thought, you know what? I thought, I don't think Dodge is going to be that mad. Everybody does a big smoky burnout in these Hellcats, you know, 707 horsepower. So I go, all right, I'm going to do a big smoky burnout. So I do this crazy big smoky burnout and I'm holding my foot on the brake and I just kind of, you know, I only went about, I don't know, 
maybe 50 feet, but it was a black stripes for 50 feet. This guy comes over to me, a big guy, like six foot five. He, <laughs> and he comes over to me. I get out of the car and he goes, hey, a-hole. I won't say the actual word. And <laughs> I go, yeah. And I go, uh, yeah. And I, I could tell he was pissed off. And he goes, I just spent two hours cleaning my car. And now it's got burned rubber all over it. He goes, why don't you think about this car show, you know? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, outdoor car shows, these beautiful cars are like dust magnets. You know what I mean? And then here comes this jerk <laughs> who does this oh, yeah. smoke and oh, burnout that you couldn't even see the casino that I was in front. You couldn't even see it. It was smoke, so much smoke. I learned a good lesson that day. This is why they have indoor car shows sometimes because the cars stay much cleaner inside. <laughs> well, anyway. there is that. But uh, I tell you what, the, the indoor car show really was fostered by and grew through the, the guys on the East coast because they suffer winter. Right. Let's face it. Yeah, you know? for sure. And so to them, this is a big deal. Yeah. This is really, really a big thing for them. So, uh, yeah. uh if you're on the East coast and it's winter time, you know what you're going to be doing. Now, what about, uh, markets? What markets are hot right now? Well, I think we can continue to say that the classic truck market is just on fire. There's no question about yeah, that. It's crazy. Um, Oh, yeah, it, it's going crazy. And what's fun about it is the classic truck market for a long time really meant your 67 to 72 Chevy pickup truck. Right. But now we've gone well past that. We've just blown by that. I mean, now we're talking up into the late 80s and even the early 90s where guys are getting these trucks and, and just doing all kinds of fantastic stuff with them. Yeah. So that's very hot. Chevrolet, because of the, the bow tie, the, the name, the history everything Chevrolet will always be strong. Mm. So we're seeing plenty of things happening there. The Camaro, the vintage Camaros continue to be hot. The little Chevy twos are really just doing fantastic. And then of course, uh, in the world of modern rotting where everything goes, early cars are still popular, but we're seeing all the big fifties and sixties and even into the seventies full size cars take off. It's crazy, isn't it? It used to be that, you know, is in that in that thin band, and that thin band is now a big, thick band of red, white, and blue. If it's American, oh, American yeah. muscle, it's up for grabs right now, and big money too. So it's kind well, of well. Remember to watch. this, Alan. Yeah. For young guys coming up, what do they build? They build what is popular and what's affordable and what they can get their hands on. Right. And so that's why it can't be kept to a narrow band of years of cars or trucks. That's right. We've got to have the later model cars, you know, to feed there because they can afford it. So it feeds their part of the hobby. That's right. All right. Well, we're talking about, uh, you know, modern hot rodding, you might say. Well, that's the name of one of the sure. magazines in the uh, – in the garage media.com group brian thank you sir we uh, welcome aboard we want to talk to you more often of course as we will okay 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 thank you sir brian brennan content director in the garage media three great magazines and websites and social media all chevy performance classic truck performance and modern hot rodding uh when we come back we're going to talk with uh, george kennedy the third and get on to some car reviews right here on the drive we'll be right back stay with us stay tuned there's more of the drive with alan taylor 
Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by the Collector Car Network. That includes, well, Barrett Jackson owns it now. The Collector Car Network includes ClassicCars.com, AutoHunter.com, where you can put your car on auction, and the Classic Car Journal. Which is amazing. All under the umbrella of Barrett Jackson. Barrett Jackson Collector Car Auctions. Um, fun stuff. I was there. I'll be there. Matter of fact, in January, another one coming up in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. George Kennedy the third joining us now. George Kennedy, car tender, car gurus, Boston Globe, and U.S. News and World Report. He test drives cars, as do I, to talk about him on the radio show here. George, I got dropped off today. In a rainstorm, a Mini Cooper convertible. If you can, I'm like, it's raining. Oh, geez. Oh, well. It's all right. Beggars can't be choosers. Still just fun, but it just came today. Here's the funny thing. I had the biggest thing I could have, which is a big F-250 crew cab, super duty. Maybe it was an F-350, four-wheel drive, big old giant monster, and I have to get into this little tiny, you know, like a thimble size of a car. I know that you're driving a couple different uh, machines. You know, it's fun to, to jump out of a giant truck and into a little tiny car and because it completely shakes the mind. But- I think it does a great job of sort of setting up the, are the controls in this car any good? Right, Because right, if, right. you, if you were getting out of something completely different and you have to be ready to drive this thing 30 or so miles the next day, maybe you got a, a trip or something, the, the ability to have to go in there and change the setting and stuff, there's no better crucible by which you could go through and have to say, hey, does changing the, the radio station, does setting the nav, does pairing a phone, all those things, is it easy to do them than having to get out of a completely different car? So I just I thought, well, is it a 250 or a 350? So I grabbed the uh, Monroney, the window sticker. It is a 2021 F250. Short wheelbase, 4x4 crew cab, platinum, which is the spindy one, style side. Listen to this, how they write this. 7.3 liter diesel with a, now they put in, they change. The the high output via gas V8, right? Yeah, the V8 engine, 10-speed automatic transmission. I'm just seeing what, oh, with the mirror. What are we talking here, like like 89, $90,000? No, 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 that would, yes, that would be with the diesel. This one was all in $74,220. And I'll bet if you. A steal at (laughs) $74,000. Well, I know because I was going to say, if if you could find one, you'd be paying probably, you know, $5,000 over that right now because they're just not out there. Okay, so by the way, let's see here. 2021, I'm just curious about this engine. And I'm not. Oh, and it was a trimmer. The trimmer off-road package. That, by the way, is thirty-nine hundred and seventy-five dollars. The trimmer is kind of a 
for the F two fifty and three fifties, kind of like a Raptor kind of thing. Right. Know? It's very tall. Right. I love the way it rides, and and I think you must too. But like, if you're thinking you're gonna get like a Ram fifteen hundred level like soft ride, this is back to like truck like basics. This is. It's chattery, unless there's something in the bed. I'm just wondering, though, because this engine, I'm looking for, maybe this is a, could this be a 7.3 liter V8 engine? Could it be? I, th- I think it is. I think the, the, it's the new gas high output V8 is 7.3 liters. What is, what, I'm wondering here what DEVCT stands for. Direct electronic valve timing control. Control something, yes. Variable valve timing, I think. Variable valve timing. So no, I'm wrong. This so this is actually a 7.3 liter V8. No wonder it's got such horsepower. See, I just got out of it. So what I do, people, and I'm curious, this is actually a good conversation to have with you. When these vehicles come, I don't want to look at anything. I don't want to look at the Monroney. I don't want to look at I don't want to look at anything. I want to get in it, and I want to see how intuitive it is to drive. And then I want the car to drive me to delight, or the vehicle, I should say. Now, the first thing I noticed about this thing was when I got on the gas, it was like, what the heck is under the hood? Because, you know, what's funny is the diesels today, the diesel engines are so quiet, you could say, well, it's 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 not a diesel. It's too quiet. It doesn't have that, you know. Like right, right. Literally. Right. And, and with the 10-speed uh, automatic... With the diesels now, you're always in that power band. Right. So these modern diesels feel far more lively than if you had like a 20-year-old diesel. You're like, look, it's built for towing an ungodly amount, but we're going to get there like in a week. Right? I got I to tell you something. You're going to laugh. Because I like to be very visual, and on a radio show, it's not easy. There is so much on this Monroney that it's so small. Even with my glasses on, I have to use a magnifying glass. It's like two font. Anyway, 7.3 liter DEVCT, so variable valve, variable control timing, something. I have, now I'm going to have to look that up. PFI V8 engine, with a, it's a $2,000 option. So this is part of this, uh, I'm sure, this trimmer package, a big, big engine. Because when you mash on the gas, OMG. What I did was I thought, okay, I'm going to tow my tractor. I have a pretty good size uh, Kubota tractor. And I know I should own a John Deere because I'm friends with the great-grandson of John Deere. And I, but I, I got a good deal on a used one, so I bought it this Kubota. I put it on my 12,000-pound equipment trailer that's 28 feet long. And even though I have towed this with my, my Jeep Gladiator gasoline V6 engine, and it towed it pretty good, when I put it behind this F250 with this 7.3 engine, I didn't even know it was there. I didn't no, even yeah, know cool. it was there, which is insane. So and it's funny because right now I think the world looks at uh, V8 engines, and you know if it's not a diesel V8 engine, it's like no, I can't tow with it, not this one. So I'm going to take a break and I'm going to do a tiny bit of research here because I got <laughs> to know. I just got to know. Stay with us, everybody. You're listening to uh, the drive. I literally. While we were talking on the show, I thought, I'm going to talk about this truck I just got out of. And I pulled the little Monroney sticker out of my pocket. Here's my magnifying glass. And I'm looking at it. I didn't know how much it cost. I just spent a week in it. O-M-G. I love it. We'll be right back. When you think Subaru, you think love. The 2021 Subaru Outback 
gives you state-of-the-art active safety technology for extra confidence on every drive. You can count on the roomy comfort and impressive cargo space, standard raised roof rails with enhanced tie-down points, and Subaru Starlink Multimedia with an 11.6-inch high-resolution touchscreen to wrap your experience with love for your Outback. Love, it's what makes Subaru, Subaru. EPA estimated highway fuel economy for 2021 Subaru Outback non-turbo models. Actual mileage may vary. Turbocharged engine, 11.6-inch touchscreen available on select models. Well, you're listening to The Drive all across America. I'm Alan Taylor, and man, I'm learning a whole lot about this new 7.3-liter V8. Uh, V8 gasoline engine, naturally aspirated. Um, I'll tell you what, this is the fun part of this job, is the aha moment. Aha! They actually have built a new engine, George Kennedy III. George, this is like a whole new engine. Just came out last year. For the uh, the Super Duty type trucks, and they're going to be putting it in the E Series vans. Um, what happened is, it looks like they have it replaces the 7.3 liter gas engine in this Ford F250 Platinum truck I'm driving, four wheel drive. It's replacing the 6.8 liter overhead cam V8 gas motor that Ford introduced way back in 1997. Okay. It's about the same size as the V10 it replaces. See, this is the funny thing. Every journalist, every automotive car guy in the world does things differently when they're driving a car. Me, at this point in my life, I've, I drive like 300 cars a year. I like to get behind the wheel. I don't want anybody telling me nothing. I don't want, don't tell me, don't. No, I don't want to know. Let me get behind the wheel. Let me drive it. Let me use it. Let me live in it for a few days. Let me tell you what I love about it and what I don't love about it. And I got to tell you, George, the only thing I didn't love about this is that it was so fast. George and I looked it up over the the commercial break. How many horsepower does this the 7.3 liter V8 have? Yeah, it's 430 horsepower, 475 pound-feet of torque. With a 10-speed automatic transmission. Well done, right. Ford, I will say. Uh, Great immediately. power management. Yeah, yep. fantastic power magic management. And I, I drove it in the dry. I drove it in the rain. I drove it on the off-road. I drove it with a trailer. I drove it with stuff in it. I mean, I drove it in every condition for the week that I had it. We had a, a torrential downpour, and I towed my tractor with it because I had to go and deal with a problem that was flooding. And I mean to tell you, this thing was the exact right vehicle for the job. And I did not even know that they were coming out with this 7.3 liter gasoline engine, which replaces the the V10. And the reason why they did it is because, you know what, that V10 was getting long on the tooth. They needed to do do something different. And George, isn't it weird that this is like old is new again? This is a very... Well, I was going to say what's old is new again, because the more we were talking about it, there used to be a 7.3 power stroke from like... That's what night. I was thinking. That's why I saw right? 7.3, but my brain yeah. kind of went. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, you think about this. You, you, you take something like that and you bring new technologies like the 10-speed automatic, which does better, better power management, and you breathe new life into older engines, older technologies. You know, everything's going towards electric and hybrid, but there's still a lot more we can squeeze out of the existing ICE technologies. So... Fuel economy is a concern. When I tell you, I'm going to tell you about the stuff I loved and the stuff I didn't love. Now, I am like Frankenstein. I've got lead feet. And I'm hard on the gas and hard on the brake. And, and George, you know that in the racetrack, that's how you're supposed to be. 
You're either yeah. all in or you're you're all in the gas or you're all in the brake. You take you know? a big bite. Yep. <laughs> That's right. But this thing, I think my average the whole time I had it, but I got to tell you, considering Frankenstein was driving, it was 10 miles to the gallon. But I mean to tell you, I didn't want to baby this thing. I'm like, this is so much fun. I mean, think about it this way. Between doing that and getting into the car sort of with no context or, or research on it, that's and just driving it. Yeah. You're driving it like the average consumer might drive it, right? right? And that right. is just, they don't need to know where the nuts and bolts were produced and forged and everything. Right, right. They needed to get to work, get to practice, get to the work site. Those are the things that matter. So driving it you know, like like you would day to day, is probably the most effective way of evaluating it. And that's when we do car gurus reviews. That's how we look at it. Of how is the average consumer going to look at it? You know, if I if we were writing for a performance magazine, we would look at it a little bit differently. Yeah. But we try to come into it with that sort of daily driver mentality. So the last trimmer I had, Ford Super Duty, you know, platinum trimmer package, which is kind of like again, it's kind of like a well, you know what the Raptor is, which is like a fully crazy off-road machine, wild-looking thing. That's what this is. It's a wild. It's almost truck. like the Chevy's equivalent to like the Trail Boss. Yeah, but I'm right? not going to compare it's not, it to you're a not Chevy. In the full, like, Chevy will hate you for TRX that. Come on, I don't want to go Chevy on them. No, stay in the stay in the brand. <laughs> we're, just, we're just trying to make some analogies <laughs> okay. for other shoppers out there, okay. right? Yeah, right. But anyway, when I first walked up to it, I went, "Oh." Perfect. I need to take my tractor out to the ranch. And, you know, I'm kind of that guy, right? That I'm, every now and then I need a big, heavy truck. And you know, it's funny. I, I got this truck about a year ago, maybe. Yeah. And it came with the trimmer package, yeah. with the 7.3, yeah. without running boards. Oh, yeah. No, this and one is running And I, at six foot three, it was great it's for me. There. I'm like, oh, step on up. But right. everybody else that got into that truck was like, had to like, Look around for the handle and, and, and yank themselves up. Well, we would call it, you know, if you're old enough, which you're not, but they used to, Ford used to make something called a tall boy, right? Back in the <laughs> 70s, okay? And that's what this is. It's a tall boy. It's, it's a really lifted truck. But when I got in it and I started it up and I, I went, huh? It's not a diesel. <laughs> you know, I thought, wait a minute, this is a big old honking truck. Should be a diesel. Oh, little disappointed. But then... I when I pulled out of the driveway of this place that where we did, did the vehicle exchange, it was like I just the tip in. Okay, you guys, when when you have a lead foot, you're used to kind of modulating your toe and your tip in of the gas pedal because otherwise the lead foot goes bam and it's like pedal and the to the metal. Break free, right? Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so I barely tipped in on my toe, and this thing got up and went, and then I I actually. Uh, Decided when it rained, I thought, all right, I literally have to be careful because this vehicle will spin out. And I'm thinking this, right? No. The traction control kicks in, and it gives you the traction you need without this amazing, huge engine, 7.3 liter. But I'm surprised at how low the horsepower is on it for the fact that, you know, I mean, I was thinking you were going to say, like, 575 horsepower. Right, right. So, but listen, it gets it done. The power management with that 10-speed transmission, mwah, kissing the fingers. Mwah. <laughs> really love this truck. Didn't love the gas mileage, but hey, you know, get what you pay for with uh, when you need horsepower. $74,220. Fantastic machine, if that's what you need. When we come back, I'm going to let you talk about two cars in, in four minutes. No, I'll give you more time. Stay with Great. us. <laughs> it is The Drive. Hey, 
Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car, not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try autotempest.com. See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. autotempest.com, all the cars, one search. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Our show brought to you in part by autotempest.com. Uh, they make online car shopping easy. There's a lot of great sites out there. Check out autotempest.com. One one site, all the cars. One one place to shop. All the cars. It's pretty easy. Autotempest.com. Uh, George Kennedy joining us right now. And George, you know what? I got I to just keep talking about this F-250 for a moment. <laughs> the reason is, first of all, um, Ford and all the automakers right now are dealing with this chip shortage, right? So right. all the auto dealers, I mean, manufacturers and, and electric bicycle manufacturers are also dealing with the same problem. Everybody. If, yeah. yeah. If you've got chips that go into your car to make, you know, the, the dome light come on or something stupid, something as small as that when you open the door and some little thing and then it, it slowly dims out and goes away, that takes some sort of a semiconductor chip of some sort, right? And you cannot deliver the car until that chip is in the car and the car does everything to a hundred percent because otherwise the customers are going to just be like what so guess what here's this problem so my son-in-law calls me the other day and he goes hey can we go over and talk to your buddies over at, at ford you know the dealer at ford because one of the guys told me they got a new f-150 coming in that's a hybrid f-150 hybrid with the 3.5 liter EcoBoost V6 yep. twin turbo that has a built-in generator. Cause see, it's got the hybrid, the electric component. Oh yeah, no, I, I had one earlier this fall. We we took oh, it camping. It was fantastic, gosh, fantastic. So I went over there and they're like, dude, we're not getting hardly anything. Don't, you can't take our only one we're getting. And I'm like, oh yes, we are. You know, they yeah. have, well, like, let me guess. So they go, do you have anything to trade in? Because we could certainly use some inventory right now. No, that's what they said. And he had yeah. an F-150. And they, I'll tell you, just you know, you know, outside of school a little bit, they said we can give you twenty grand for this. It only booked for I don't know whatever it booked for, and he goes, no, no, I think I can get twenty four. You're not going to believe this, right? Uh -huh. So he puts an ad on Facebook Marketplace, which means that for the most part, his friends see it. The pastor of the church calls him <laughs> and goes, "Is it a good truck?" He says, "It's a great truck." He says, "I'll take it." So he got 24 for his truck, and he flipped that money into this truck and, and bought it. But I got to tell you, I feel so bad for the Ford and the Chevrolet and the Dodge and the Ram and the you know all the different uh, manufacturers of cars that are right now. And then, of course, the foreign car companies are dealing with the same problem. But right, right now, trucks are at a premium. A well, premium. And, and even with this chip shortage, once that's resolved, there still might possibly be some other shortages on the horizon one being magnesium, and magnesium is one of those things that are used in high-strength steel, which is what every automaker 
sort of been beating their chest about, hey, we're able to reduce the weight of our, our new car while still being the same size and just mm. as good in crash test by using high-strength steel in certain areas. So when the chip shortage is over, we could have another kind of shortage. And it's gotten automakers to start rethinking about how they address their supply issues. I know for you know, the, uh, some of the big three, specifically General Motors, they're looking at trying to change how they go out and shop for suppliers. Rather, than, Instead, they want to bring some of that in-house so they have a little bit more control over that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, it's an odd time in the history of the world. There's no question about that. But he did buy that truck. They gave him a good deal on it, which I think, I mean, the problem is it used to be if you had to pay window sticker, you were like, oh, I'm paying full price. And then, you know, a few months later, you would see the ads because they get to the end of a life cycle of a vehicle and they have a new one coming out, right? And right. so they start, you know, trying to move their old inventory, not the old, but just the old body style. And you see these wonderful prices of, you know, 0% financing and 10000 below invoice and all these things are window sticker. And, uh, you know, to pay the full window sticker Monroney retail price right now is a deal. That's Absolutely. all I'm telling you. Yeah. It's a deal. Just, just like if you're buying a house right now, yeah. being able to get it at asking is, is a deal. Yeah, right? exactly. They're bidding. People are paying more so uh we'll uh, we'll end this hour with you and come back on the other side and you can talk about some of the stuff you wanted to talk about because <laughs> you know what i was kind of excited i hadn't even looked at the monroney sticker but that's how i roll i like to i don't want to be jaded by anything anybody says give me the car let me go drive it then you can tell me when i get back all right we'll take a little break you're listening to uh the drive all across america george kennedy by the way you can find him Online, He writes for Car Gurus, Boston Globe, and U.S. News and World Report. And his stories are all over the place. A very prolific writer, off-road enthusiast, and all the rest. Um, in the next hour, we're going to talk about, what do you got, George? A BMW 4 Series convertible as the rain begins. And a Mercedes-Benz C-Class coupe. I think we can get that done. We'll take a break. You're listening to The Drive. Stay with us. Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor. Shopping for cars online is slow. Checking all those different sites one by one, Auto Tempest doesn't like slow. That's why we sponsor NASCAR driver Chris Busher in the number 17 Ford Mustang. It's also why we created a powerful search engine that will scour all the top car shopping sites, letting you search used car listings from across the internet in one search. Why waste time searching each site separately? Use Auto Tempest instead. Find all the cars. Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. And welcome back. This is Hour 2. Are, are you still here? You, you guys are still here. Amazing. Thank you for hanging with us. My gosh, two full hours talking about cars. Uh, George Kennedy is here. George Kennedy the third. There must be a second and a first as well. I, I've, I've not met your father or grandfather. Is there going to be a fourth, a George Kennedy the fourth, George? 
We don't talk about future products. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's great. That's, by the way, that's always what the automakers say to us when we say, are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? We don't talk about future product. That's funny. George Kennedy is with uh, Car Gurus, Boston Globe, and U.S. News and World Report. And he's a contributor for us here at The Drive. He also is co-founder of Cartender. So George is a car guy like myself. I said he was going to talk about the Mercedes-Benz C-Class Coupe. But you're actually going to talk about the E-Class. And again, it's kind of acronym wars because everything is an A, a B, a C, a 4 series, a 5 series, a 6 series. It's a monochromatic. I don't know what. No, that's that's colors. I See, it's confusing, George. Well, that was, I mean, the, the C to E was actually a typo when I just shot notes over that's, to you before the show. Right. But I mean, in reality, it brings up a great point. That is just passing on the street. Some of these cars are hard to differentiate, like, you know, which class it is because they're They've been made to look so uniform across their model line, right? right? And right. that's great for brand recognition. But I can remember in the early 2000s when for both Mercedes and BMW, you know, a 3 to a 5 series looked very different, right? Or an E-Class to a C-Class looked very different. Now they look extremely similar, just different sizes, right? Yeah. So convertibles, here we go into the winter. It just shows that our whole world is turned upside down <laughs> with this pandemic thing because you and I are both driving convertibles in the rain. Yeah, so the, the E-Class is a coupe, but, and that's what I'm in right now. Last week oh. I was in the BMW 430 convertible. Yeah. So, yeah, so convertible there. That's the Beamer with, like, the new front end, yeah. the new grill that I think oh. you and I have talked a little bit about. Okay, well, let's do one thing at a time then because that's yeah. very controversial. But you know what's funny? I... At Barrett-Jackson in uh, Houston, I went there, and uh, I, I run a, a little stage for them. And I bought a SL500, a 2003 SL500 AMG. Nice. And, That's awesome. Right. And it's a nice car, retractable hardtop. And I'll tell you what. So if you live in an area of the country that you want to have, you know, in the summertime, you want to have the wind in your face and you want a convertible, but in the wintertime, you still have to drive that same car because, you know, and listen, I only paid 14000 bucks for the thing. So it's not like it, you're thinking, oh, big money. No, 14000 bucks. It's online. You can go check it out at Barrett-Jackson. It's not like it's a secret. I thought it was a good deal. I thought it was a $20,000 car. I'm like, that's a good deal. Right. So I bought it. And, of course, you know, after the fees and the shipping and all, I'm in it like 15 and a half. And that's fine. My brother drove it uh, from, we got it halfway home. One of my buddies took it from Houston to Scottsdale. And then my brother got it from Scottsdale and drove it to Vegas, stayed there a few days, and then drove it home, which is another, you know, 800 miles. And now it's over at the mechanic. <laughs> oh, right? Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Something with the suspension. That's how old cars are, though. You got to take the good with the bad. Oh, yeah. Totally. But, totally. But, well, what's interesting know. is that, you know, so that's a power hardtop. Yes. Right? I was going to say retractable hardtop. It literally looks like a coupe instead right. of a convertible because it doesn't have a cloth top. It doesn't even have a cloth top. And Mercedes is one of the first to do that. If you look at the SL and the SLK, right. and they look great. Power hardtops look great on two doors or two seaters right. like you have, yes, right? Yes. And if you're BMW and a few others in the mid-2000s, that became all the rage was, well, if it works for the SL, then what we should do that for our four-seat convertible right so that the bmw 3 series eventually 4 series became a power retractable hardtop the funny thing is when you try and bring that technology to a a four-seater or a two plus two 
Coop, it starts to look a little hunchback, a little awkward, mm. right? And so the automakers now have gotten it down to where the cloth top is now secure enough to be a good four-season car right. now. And it looks the part a little bit better. Ooh. But, Ooh, you know, you, you for just, a two-seater, though, for the SL, that power hard top still looks really sharp. You said something that now I am going to steal. It's mine. It's mine. What's that? A four-season car. Ooh. Good one, George. See, he's a wordsmith. We'll take a break. We're talking about a Mercedes-Benz E-Class Coupe. And then next, the BMW 4 Series Convertible. We'll be right back. Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Our show brought to you in part by Subaru, and we thank them for sponsoring the show. Go Where Love Takes You in a Subaru. George Kennedy joining us and uh, talking about these uh, cars we're driving. And listen, it's, it's a fun job. My friend says to me the other day, he goes, how do you get a job like that? I said, well, brother, God's got to like you. Got to straighten out your life. <laughs> I'm just playing. Okay, so we're talking. Let's go ahead and get into it with this Mercedes-Benz E-Class. 21 or 22? Because we're right at that point. Yeah, it's a 21 E450. Okay. So it's sort of the mid-range. It's right before you get into the AMG level cars. 450, that used to be like their designation for V8, but with turbocharging, and this is a mild hybrid as well. This is an inline six. So it's got 362 horsepower, 369 pound-feet of torque. And it moves. I mean, it, it's it's set up for comfort just, you know, in its normal mode. But it's got Sport and Sport Plus, 9-speed automatic, 4-matic all-wheel drive. When you want to push it, it can corner. It can it can move really well. Inline. It's so funny. The inline six-cylinder engine, which was, it was the engine to have back, you know, a number of years back. They're smooth. They're really well balanced. And, they, yeah. you know, people like to say it's like one half of V12. So you get that smoothness. And. I mean, I had a Jeep for many years with a inline six four liter, and I loved it. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say, why not a V6 for packaging? Makes it smaller, three on each side instead of this long inline six cylinder. But there is, I don't know if there's anything more smooth than the inline six cylinders until the engineering and technology and electronics of the 2020s and beyond. Man, quiet, smooth, it doesn't matter. I mean, you, the W-shaped engines, you know, the W-12 and the W-60. That's right. Who's thinking? And whatnot, yeah. yeah, what do they do? What is that W well, you stuff? Well, you know what's funny? So that, the W-12 is what? That's two VR6s. So like the right, VW right. VR6. It's all right. part of the VW family. Right. And the VR6 was really 
an inline six with staggered cylinders. So it's like it's sort of, sort of a zigzag of cylinders. Right. And that was for packaging. Yeah. So you got, well, you got almost like V6. It's an extremely narrow V6 that's offset. So really a V tw- uh, W12 is really an offset V12 yeah. in a way. All right, you're losing me. Man, that's too intellectual. <laughs> too intellectual. The question is, is it got a long hood? Because you got that long inline six-cylinder engine. Is it got a long hood or does it still have kind of the normal thing and they it's, just I mean, repackage everything? It's it's not overly long, no. And I think they did a really good, good job packaging it. The car looks sharp. I love Mercedes' modern aesthetic. This is the coupe, so it has this sort of design where there's no B-pillar. The pillar, you know, right behind the, the side door. Right. The downside is that sort of when you put all the windows down, there's like a little bit of window at the back on the sides that's still fixed in order to make that all fit. It's a little awkward, but outside of that, it is a very sharp, elegant-looking car. So as far as the price... For the 450, it starts at 67450 but that's not even really the start of it. It's got the driver assistance stuff that adds like $1,800. has an air suspension. It's almost $2,000. It has that Mercedes air scarf, so if you want to leave your windows open and you know be driving in the middle of the winter with that, it blows hot air down down your shoulders. <laughs> that's that's like $500. So with options, it's $81,000. Oh! You know what's yeah. funny is, I mean, think about that. You know, you start out in the 60s, and you're now into the 80s with options. So today, you don't go down and buy a car and, you know, add a couple thousand bucks. You add, you know, a third the price extra or double the price. And that's especially true of luxury brands, right? Yeah. I don't know. So you drove it. You're a six-foot-three guy. You're a big guy. You know, was it comfortable to drive? Because a coupe typically a little smaller, shorter wheelbase. Was it comfortable? Oh, totally. I mean, being the E-Class still, it's it's the midsize car. So you you got plenty of space. I haven't crawled into the back seat yet, but I can already tell by the way that the the, the roof sort of slides back that it, it might be, you know, a little tight on headroom back there. Right. And as with any coupe, basically the, the rear legroom isn't really all there. You'd have to slide the seat forward a good amount to get mm. decent rear legroom. All right, so as far as the styling goes on the outside, I mean, we're about to talk about the BMW 4 Series. BMW made a dramatic (laughs) change on their grill. Very controversial. Any of that going on in this E-Class Mercedes? No, I mean, they've been doing their own thing. They've got this really great-looking grill on the E-Class. But as as far as the, the BMW goes, it's... It's a bit tougher. That's, you know, they, they were trying to keep up with the Lexuses of the world who right. were going really bold with their grill design, well, that right? Cow, it's like a cow catcher on the front of a big yeah. freight train. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, George, where will this story show up? Do you have any idea yet for the Mercedes? This will be a, a, a Drive exclusive. Oh, really? Oh, wow. For the Drive radio show, The Drive with Alan Taylor. That's me. We'll be right back with more George. When you think Subaru, you think love. The 2021 Subaru Outback will make you fall in love with its state-of-the-art safety features, a spacious and comfortable interior, and convenient amenities, all ready for any adventure. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, plus up to 33 miles per gallon, 8.7 inches of ground clearance, X-Mode with hill descent control, and a direct-injected turbocharged Subaru Boxer engine will make you love every adventure in your Outback. Love, it's what makes Subaru, Subaru. EPA estimated highway fuel economy for 2021 Subaru Outback non-turbo model. Actual mileage may vary. Turbocharged engine, 11.6-inch touchscreen available on select models.
This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And our show brought to you in part by Dodge Domestic. Not domesticated. I love that about that brand. Uh, George Kennedy joining us. George Kennedy the third. You can find his scribblings everywhere, including here. Although you just hear his voice here, but it's Car Gurus, Boston Globe, U.S. News and World Report. He He's a uh, actually a very good automotive journalist. Uh, in spite of his looks. But anyway, George, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Which is why we're on the radio, right? <laughs> you got a face for radio like me. Okay, so the BMW the BMW 4 Series convertible that you're driving, but I think BMW in particular, I'm actually supposed to be with them right now at the racetrack, believe it or not. And I They did, let you on a racetrack? Well, yes, because there's an ambulance there. They, that's one <laughs> thing about... Well, then that's one thing about racetracks. If you got a maniac driver, put him on a racetrack... And uh, yeah, a, a controlled setting, right? Exactly. A professional idiot, uh, controlled environment. Anyway, um, but I, I couldn't go because I had some other things going on to drive all the different BMWs. But I'll say this, that there's a lot of controversy going on around this new grill, this new front end for BMW. Maybe you can comment on it and tell us about this 4 Series. Right. I mean, if you've seen it, you know exactly what we're talking about. When you do finally look it up, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. They've gone big. They've gone bigger, gone home with the front grille. And I think this is sort of a keeping up with the Joneses of, you know, Lexus has been out there with its massive spindle grille. I get that they want to keep up with, you know, the trends, but there was a time when BMW was the one that was setting the trends. If you look to the early 2000s, you know, the Chris Bangle era and, you know, love or hate those cars they were the ones that were setting the trends for others to follow. So I don't love the grill, but I will say that, you know, this is part of them keeping up. And also, if you look back at BMW's history, the original 328, which was a sports car in the 1930s, had a massive grill that was like the whole length of the front end. So there's at least historical precedent, if I can play devil's advocate with that. And the more you spend time with it, the more you kind of get used to it. And, you know, you sit behind the wheel where it's far more conventional, like other modern BMW interiors. So if you don't love it, at least don't have to look at it while you're driving it. Right. 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 Well, you know, what's funny is, too, anytime there's a change in a vehicle with a, the looks of it in some fashion, the first thing is, I loved what it used to be. I don't like that. And then, of course, now, you know, six months or a year later, when you've seen them in the wild, you know, you go, well, you know what? It really doesn't look that bad now that, you know, they've done this or that or somebody's put the right set of wheels on it or done some little modification that all of a sudden it just looks awesome. And then right. about, you know, seven or eight years later, they change it again. And you go, oh, I hate that. You know, time is the ultimate judgment <laughs> yeah, on these different right. trends. So. so what what did you love about it and what did you hate about it in two minutes? Sure. So other than the grill, I mean, what we said about the grill it kind of fits in with the more d- dynamic, aggressive aesthetic of the four series convertible. I thought for a four cylinder had 255 horsepower, 295 pound feet of torque. I thought it did a really good job of providing a little level of performance for a four cylinder in most settings. It's pretty kind of calm, but you know, you put it in sport mode and it livens right up no matter what mode you're in. I think a corner is great. The ride will be a little on the stiff side for some, but I, I love the idea of it being a, a handling car that doesn't need a ton of power to be really enjoyable. It had BMW's latest version of iDrive, which was a combination of the little controller and an actual touchscreen. So you had that. You had wireless Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, which love the wireless CarPlay plus the wireless device charger. That's great for like 
understanding how folks really live with the car. Right. How much? Um, how much money? First of all, I'm just curious. Sure. So this 430 convertible with X Drive starts at fifty five thousand three hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, had the M Sport package that was like thirty two hundred dollars. Had that their version of Air Scarf, which is Air Collar. And with options, it came in at sixty-two thousand, which so not a massive jump right. compared to the the base price. And you know, at sixty-two, you're just creeping up into the starting price of that E four fifty coupe we were talking about. Right. Okay. So here's here's my thought on that. When a vehicle has a gigantic price tag, something happens to my brain, and I just sometimes cannot appreciate it. And <laughs> that's why a lot of times I will not look. I need to go and drive it because if I drive it and I love it and I can't live without it, I will then stretch to that higher price. A good example is when people are remodeling their homes, the, the contractor will give them this price. Here's, you know, price for your home. And then you can add some things if you'd like. You know, we have these, these light fixtures and this kind of this and that kind of tile. The person always opts up. They always opt to get right. the better because... This is your home. The only place you spend more time in the world, well, besides your job, than your home is your car. You spend a lot of time in your car. You got to love it. So sometimes, too, about the the pricing thing where it kind of operates subjectively, kind of pushing you one way or the other. If you are on the market for this car and if you're at a certain tax bracket where that price is not as much of an issue, then we have to be able to empirically evaluate the car as to whether or not it's a good car, right? Empirically. Wow, another big word. <laughs> oh, did you love it, George? Did you love the BMW 4 Series convertible? I did. It was it was fun to drive. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I I could learn to live with the grill for for what you were getting elsewise, yeah. and it was a, a soft top convertible. Yeah. So they moved away from the hard top. I think it looks a little more elegant that way now. I, uh, I love the canvas top look, but because I live classic. in the Pacific Northwest, I I got to have a metal roof. Rain and snow and inclement weather all the time, except for the seven hours, you know, in the summer. We got one little seven-hour window of wind of summer here. <laughs> George Kennedy, thank you, brother. You're always good to talk to. Pleasure as always, man. You can find him on Car Gurus, Boston Globe, and U.S. News and World Report. My friend, George Kennedy the third. We're not sure if there's a fourth coming yet. We'll let you know. It's forthcoming. We'll be right back. Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Well, our show is brought to you in part by Brembo, the choice of champions, Brembo Brakes. Well, you know, we have been... uh, we have been through some weird times in life. Sometimes we feel like we are in a spaceship. But leave it to John Hennessy to build a spaceship of a car. Here he is. The new project is called Project Deep Space. 
John, how you doing, man? What are you working on over doing there? Doing great, brother. Yeah, we're just, you know, doing what we do, stirring the pot, coming up with new crazy stuff and uh, disrupting the automotive industry once again. Well, so I got up early. John, everybody, John is the uh, CEO and founder of the company, Hennessy Performance. And, um, oh, my gosh, my phone just, like, jumped off the wall when I said that. Anyway, <laughs> he's getting into a car as I can hear the, the noises in the background. But John shows the world this Project Deep Space, 7 a.m. Pacific time. I get out of bed early, and I'm, I'm watching this going, what? And when you just said you stirred the pot, boy, did you stir the pot. I, I don't even know how to describe it, so I'm going to let you. Give us the genesis of the starting point of this Project Deep Space. Where did it start? Yeah, great question. So electrification. So I've wrestled in my mind for at least 10 years of how does Hennessy embrace and do electrification. And obviously we've seen, you know, not only Tesla, but so many other companies coming to market with some pretty incredible vehicles. And as that has accelerated over the last several years, I thought, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not the kind of guy that thinks in terms of how can we play catch up. And so the last, three, four years, we've been highly focused on Venom F5. We launched that car, the actual car, finished our first car about a year ago, and we've just finished our third car. We've got cars four and five will be together and running in the next month. So anyways, as that program started picking up steam and coming to market, I thought, okay, you know, maybe now it's time to kind of shift gears from idea to concept to plan as far as what are we going to build? What are we going to offer? But most importantly, I always felt all along, like, how can we differentiate ourselves? I don't want to be another, you know, four seat, you know, electric shoebox with a thousand horsepower that goes zero to 60 in two seconds flat. Right. Um, there are multiple of those out there and there's nothing wrong with those. I actually have a Tesla plaid that is, that is ready for delivery that I may have in my driveway uh, before Christmas. So we're excited about electrification. And I think it's also to note that, we're not going anywhere with internal combustion. We've been doing internal combustion very well for 30 plus years. And I don't think that's going anywhere for the Hennessy team, the Hennessy family. But I think at the same time, electrified vehicles and internal combustion vehicles can peacefully coexist, so to speak. So we're very excited about the future. And so fast forward to maybe a little over two years ago, I had hired a very bright, talented young man out of the Art Center College of Design in, in Pasadena. Right. Uh, his name is Nathan Malinick. He was top of his class, and mm-hmm. Nathan was was doing contract work for me while he was working at Ember Air Aviation, designing aircraft interiors wow. two and a half, three years ago. Anyway, he came on full board, moved to Houston, was at my house one day. So this was October of 2019, so a little over two years ago. And I said, Nathan, I've got this idea for this electrified vehicle that I'd like to share with you. And he said, John, before you start telling me about it in detail, grab a pen and paper and I'll try to sketch what, you, what you're describing to me. So I go over to my wife's desk and I grab a pen, couldn't find a clean sheet of paper. So I grabbed kind of an oversized bank statement. And so I handed it to Nathan. I'm like, well, just scribble what on the back of this thing. So it's the proverbial you know, car design and the back of the napkin story that we've been hearing <laughs> right. about for our entire, you know, Careers. automotive lives. Yeah, right. And so anyway, so I started to describe him. I said, look, I envision 
I said, so let me back up for a second. So I said, you know, part of my struggle with electrification was, is the weight of the vehicles, the weight of the batteries and everything electrified is, you know, typically four to 5,000 pounds or more. So I thought for the longest time, I'm like, I can't just, I can't figure out how to build a supercar or hypercar with that kind of weight. It's just not going to, it's just not going to handle or turn on a windy road or racetrack like a sports car, supercar, hypercar would. So at some point I thought, well, well, what if it's not a supercar or hypercar? What if it's some other genre of car? So I started thinking, what if we started moving towards kind of a luxury segment? So even if we even create, I think, I think DSpace does do this, kind of creates its own separate category that I refer to as hyper-luxury or the first hyper-lux car. That's what I would describe DSpace as. And so as I sit down with Nathan at my kitchen table, my breakfast table, and started to describe it, I said, I envision a diamond-shaped seating pattern. So we have the McLaren F1 center driving position with the two seats flanking to either side, but those two flanking seats, instead of being in a compact you know, supercar, hypercar, like the Speedtail and the Gordon Murray T50, these are luxurious where the, you can stretch your legs out, you can move the seats back and forth. But I said, I want to have a fourth seat that kind of creates this diamond shape that sits directly behind the driver's seat is slightly elevated. So you can just kind of see what's going on up ahead. And I just kind of joked to Nathan, I said, why don't we take that seat and maybe make it point backwards like it's uh, the mother-in-law seat. I kind of joked. He said, well, <laughs> let's actually take that seat and make that into like a zero gravity life flat seat like you would have in a brand new Gulfstream G700 jet. Right. And I thought, whoa, now you're really talking my language here. <laughs> and I told, and then, and then as he's sketching the stuff and there's a, image uh, you may have seen or you can google or i can send it to you that's on the left side of the envelope and i said well the other interesting element of the car that uh again maybe had been done a, a few times with race cars but i'm not i'm not familiar with anybody that had really done it in a production series road car was six-wheel drive and i thought you know again if if, if four wheels and tires and four electric motors delivering you know 400 plus horsepower per motor is becoming more and more commonplace. I thought, well, if we had six motors times 400 horsepower, I'm like, we've got not only an insane amount of horsepower, but we have this long, sleek, long wheelbase, which allows for a larger battery. But we also have 50% more contact patch of tire connecting to the road to be able to put that power down. And so as, as the design... Again, that design, the, the sketch was done in October 2019. We still had, we were still, we were in the middle of COVID and about a year away from having our first F5 completed. Right. And so I said, you know, let's just, let's pause this idea for now. We, it's, it'd be too easy to get excited about it and we can't afford to distract ourselves while there was still a lot of important work to be done with F5. So fast forward to this year, we go to Pebble Beach, we go to Quail, so I get Quail. Back in August, we had two F5s on display there. Right. Um, and soon thereafter, we sold out our production run of 24 cars, which was exciting. And then wow. in September, I got sick. I was sick for about three weeks. And while I was home sick, not really working, but just kind of thinking about different things, I thought, you know, I, something just told me, don't wait on this. Don't, you know, wait and spend a couple of years and a couple of million bucks building a design model and then just like, a lot of the manufacturers show up to Pebble Beach or whatever, and they unveil a car. Something in my gut told me, 
go ahead and advance the design, put the Hennessy stake in the ground in the electrification realm and tell the world that you're doing this. And so I went to Nathan after I got back in the office, this had been late September. I said, you know, something tells me that we should just go ahead and just tell the world we're doing this. This is what's coming after F5 is done. And so we spent more time advancing the design. You can see the side profile of the, of the of deep space has a, you know, be the world's largest going door. So a huge glowing door, the whole vehicle, right. the All chassis, right. the bodywork, everything made out of carbon fiber. Hold so, on one sec. Hold anyway. on one sec. Hold on. Yeah. Let, me, let me take a break because I'm still wrapping my brain around six wheels, six wheels, a diamond shape interior. Deep Space, we're talking about Project Deep Space coming out of Hennessy Performance. Talking to the founder and CEO, John Hennessy, right now. It is their 30th anniversary this year, and they already sold out the Venom F5. What else? Well, he's telling us about it right now. Don't go anywhere. Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. Well, we're talking to John Hennessy. He is the uh, company founder and CEO of Hennessy Performance, Hennessy Special Vehicles. And he's telling us about the, the story of how the Hennessy Project Deep Space came about on the back of a bank statement, which I love. <laughs> it's like that was almost prophetic. How are you going to pay for this one? Uh, well, just sketch exactly. it out on the back of a bank statement. <laughs> anyway, Hyperlux, a whole new segment being invented right now by uh, John Hennessy. Uh, my, my friend, and congratulations, by the way, 30 years of Hennessy, 91 to 2021. And uh, you're going to start 2022 with a, with a, a how do I say it, a, an electrified concept car that will be uh, how long do you think it'll take you to build this uh, deep space? Yeah, you know, great question. Kind of our next steps for deep space, and look, we're still very, we're still very focused on F five. We've got uh, we've got some special things that we'll be announcing in the new year um, regarding F five and potentially some results of some some uh, some speed testing. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, and there may be a few future iterations of F five that you'll see over the coming years, but. Uh, F5 production is planned through at least 2024, maybe potentially 2025. And our wow. design team has done most of the work that we need them to do. So always fun to have a new project for the design team. So they're busy now, probably 20% F5 related stuff and 80% D space on working on interior execution packaging. We will begin the process of a surface uh, design and, um, we may have a full-scale one-to-one model, much like we did with the Venom F5 when we unveiled it at SEMA wow. with Shill Penzel back in late 2017. We would like to show our first, our clients, and then the rest of the world exactly what Deep Space is going to look like sometime probably before the end of 2023. 
Wow. coming man Get, let me ask you something john about the way cars are built these days and these you know hyper cars and hyper lux car that you're talking about and electrification of these things with huge horsepower does 3d printing does it take any part of you know your development of this machine because that seems to be kind of a thing that's that's really helping you guys do things in light speed absolutely so the the CAD CATIA process where basically the entire cars are being designed in computers, not only being designed in the computer, but they're also being run in simulations. Like the crash simulations that we did initially on F5 were all done in the computer. Wow. All the aerodynamic testing, all the CFD testing was all done in the computer. So then once the actual piece is built, we go do the real thing. The results are nearly identical. So it really does accelerate things. And to your point, the advancements in, in 3D printing, you know, it used to be by the year and now it's by the month. There, there, more and more of that is going to be coming online. So it certainly helps our process. But I think ultimately it's going to have an impact on smaller companies like ours being able to compete with the larger companies where, you know, in the old days you'd, you'd have a design and then you'd have it in clay and then you put it in a wind tunnel and you'd change it umpteen different times companies like ours we don't have the budget to do that and so these advancements in technology over the last 10 years is really accelerated and i think that we're going to continue to see the same thing going forward so it does really give us it helps us compete with much much larger companies with more people and more budgets and so we can again take our creativity bring it to market quickly and ultimately it's a determination of you know do our clients want to buy it and so I think that having that, that feedback from our clients quickly can help us refine and define what we feel like is going to hit our target as well as be commercially successful. I love it. I love it. I love it. I want some more of it. We're talking with John Hennessy, the founder and CEO of Hennessy Performance and Hennessy Special Vehicles, this most special vehicle called Project Deep Space. I imagine there's some videos available on the web if people want to go see a little more about this. It's uh, it's uh, extra or extra extraordinary. That's the word I'm looking for. Yes, extra extraordinary. Uh, hang tight. One more segment with uh, John Hennessy. We'll talk about the other key vehicles coming out of Hennessy. John doing a great job. Thirty years of Hennessy performance. We'll be right back. Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by Dodge Domestic, not domesticated. And especially if John Hennessy has anything to do with it. Um, The key vehicles coming out of Hennessy Performance are vehicles like the uh, TRX. They call it the Mammoth 1000. 
Um, that's the pickup truck. The Velociraptor 150, Ford F-150. The Exorcist Mustang. Some 6x6 trucks. Now Deep Space Project. And, uh, of course, the Venom F5 300-mile-an-hour V8 hypercar. Uh, but uh, the one that is is going to be the piece de resistance, I don't know if I said that right, which will be this Hyperlux electric car. Now, can I ask you just real quick? I mean, you obviously are going to make it fast, right? Because you said, you know, 400 miles an hour per wheel, in essence. If you're six wheels, you're talking... I guess if I do the math, 2,000 miles an hour or 2,000 horsepower is what I mean. 2,000 miles an hour. <laughs> In the air, 2,000 miles an hour. But, I mean, tons of horsepower behind electric. Just can you give us – have you had well, any thoughts on that? When we announced the news last week, we didn't want to focus on specifications because I kind of feel like electrified vehicles, the 0 to 60 and the horsepower number, it just keeps going up and up. And I think it just kind of becomes white noise and people don't pay attention to it anymore. Right. So, again – what differentiates us again the very luxurious the lie flat seat and the very quiet grand touring capability of deep space but of course i mean again i'm not gonna specify any numbers but do the math and 500 times six and three thousand horse are probably not but uh but the owners of deep space will have like what uses on their horsepower rating that just is adequate there'll be adequate horsepower and torque right uh, there'll be excessive horsepower and torque for deep space so well, i was gonna say yeah, it will be it, i it, think it, i think deep space will be the quickest accelerating four seat vehicle in history from zero to 200 miles per hour I'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay because yeah i mean six times four is 24 so you could easily get 2400 horsepower if you made it a six-wheel drive vehicle but i was thinking well maybe you want all the power in the back but the way that they build these things with, you know, the, the, the motor is on the wheel itself, in essence. Yeah. So you could. Yeah, and, you, and, like, you can, we can control, you know, where that power is distributed. Goes. Maybe there's right. some sort of a drag, a drag strip mode where if you want to put all the power down all the time and give yourself a GNAP on launch, you know, maybe it does <laughs> yeah, right. you know, 0 to 60 and some crazy numbers. So again, I don't know G-nap. if that's really what our, why our customers would buy the car, but D-Space will be pure Hennessy when it comes to performance. Okay, so I saw a Jeep Gladiator flying through the air in one of your recent yeah. uh, social medias. What is yeah. that? Because we didn't mention that. What's that? You know, uh, that's Maximus. So we basically did a Hellcat swap on oh. the Jeep Wrangler and upgraded yeah. axles and wheels and tires and kind of a crazy vehicle. I mean, you know, whether it's the Maximus Jeep or the Mammoth 1000 T-Rex trucks, right. our car and truck modification business, Hennessy Performance, this year we'll build over 600 vehicles and more than 80% of those are, are, are trucks and SUVs. And, and, the, and the next one coming, if you want to talk about the Bronco, I think in the next five years we'll modify. I told Jim Farley recently, I said, we won't just modify thousands of Broncos. We will modify tens of thousands of Broncos. We're actually getting ready to add 60,000 square feet to our existing 51,000 square feet wow. uh, factory space. So wow. next, year we, next year we may modify over 1,000 vehicles in total. So Jeez. there seems to be no end in sight for individuals wanting more power and performance. And these days, the, the driver for our business is internal combustion and it's, it's trucks and SUVs. Yeah. Well, God bless you. Yeah. Uh, it only yeah. took 30 years of overnight success, John, right? Yes, the old 30-year overnight <laughs> success story. That's exactly right. That's great. So uh, what are you most proud of out of all this stuff? Being married to my wife for 30 years. When we, we got married right around the time we started the business in 91, 
and having five uh, beautiful, wonderful kids, uh, of which three currently work in the business, while two are still in still in college. So that's that's definitely our proudest achievement. And the cars have been a that my family's been the motivator to create these cars and and uh, provide for our family over the last 30 years. And, uh, you know, I, I, at one time I even pondered like, well, golly, if all the kids are out of school and I don't have to pay for them anymore, will I be as juiced up and as motivated to want to create and build cars for the masses? And I think the answer to that is a resounding yes, but uh, that definitely gave me extra pep in my step, extra gas in the tank over the last uh, 20 plus years as the kids have grown. You know what? That is the exact right answer. God bless you, John. And your family. God bless you, man. Kisses, you. kisses to the wife and all those those grown kids. Now you can't kiss your kids anymore, I guess. But <laughs> on the top of the head, there yeah, you go. Don't, don't weird him out too bad. All right, John Hennessy. You can find him at HennessyPerformance.com on the web. Thank you, John. Congratulations. Thank you, brother. All right, all right man. That's soon. it for Thank us, you. everybody. See you next week, right here on the drive. When you think Subaru, you think love. The 2021 Subaru Outback gives you state-of-the-art active safety technology for extra confidence on every drive. You can count on the roomy comfort and impressive cargo space, standard raised roof rails with enhanced tie-down points, and Subaru Starlink Multimedia with an 11.6-inch high-resolution touchscreen to wrap your experience with love for your Outback. Love, it's what makes Subaru, Subaru. EPA estimated highway fuel economy for 2021 Subaru Outback non-turbo models. Actual mileage may vary. Turbocharged engine, 11.6-inch touchscreen available on select models.